just describe some of the main movements of suffering. Because if you can see it, then you can entertain the anatta. So you can see it either through vision, you know, a vision, or you can hear a view. A view can accelerate or produce an understanding that will will serve well until a vision takes place, yes? So the vision starts getting stabilized. So we can offer a view, and that view, like in Buddhism, they would have the uh, Eightfold Noble Path, which is uh, right view, where it's like right meditation, right livelihood, right practice, right understanding, right whatever. I don't know all of them, but I would say if you take a linear view of it, uh, the right view is the most important. Yes, it's sort of like if you have something wrong with you and you misdiagnose it, then your approach to that dis-ease in the form of I want to solve it probably will fail. Yeah, because you need to have an understanding of what it is that you're trying to deal with in a sense. Or you may deal with it in an incorrect way. I've had it happen a lot with me where I didn't know there was a, a prior condition already in place, so I was trying to produce a new condition, but the prior condition kept eclipsing whatever I did to produce a new condition. And actually, in one sense, it turned out that the new condition was food for the prior condition. <laughs> the prior condition got really strong while I was feeding it a solution every day. <laughs> And, you know, you're walking around thinking, you know, from the limited knowledge you have, you're thinking you're doing the right thing or you're doing the best move. But in a way, the consequences obviously imply different. And it's, uh, I would say it's one of the wax of ignorance, you know, that there's something that's being ignored. And so no matter how clear the procedure is you're trying to follow, it does. It misses the mark because it's sort of like someone wanting to know how to get to Idaho. Well, you need to know where they start from first. You know, you can't you give them a map or directions. I know how to get to Idaho, but I need to know where you are. Well, if they think they're in Kansas City, then the map will be from Kansas City. But if they're not in Kansas City, if they're in Omaha, they're going to never find Idaho. Yeah. No matter, and of course they may blame me or whatever, but usually they'll blame me and then they'll blame themselves. But the fact is, it's just the, the, the format is off. So I find in recovery, I find uh, there was a great quantum leap in understanding alcoholism. I would say before 35, I'm not that familiar with it, but it seemed like there was no solution to people who were alcoholics. They either were put up in the attic, you know, that was Uncle Bob, you know, just don't, that's just Uncle Bob or whatever, you know, to explain all its crazy erratic behavior. Or they got lobotomized too, and electroshocked, and they jailed because they didn't know, people didn't know what it was. And then when they did know what it was, by the effects, they thought it was willpower. They thought these people, they should know better. They, why are they doing this? They didn't realize that there was some kind of aspect that there was a sense of powerlessness over it. And if they were, if they had the same gene or the same environmental pr- product of alcoholism, they, even though they're very sanctimonious by pr- 
proclaiming, you know, you should stop doing that, they would be in the same predicament. You know, and when someone would say, you should just stop doing it, well, you know, they would say, you know, like this probably. So in, in Sermon Recovery in 35, they put out that book, you know, in 39, 35, they started to get sober. And for once, there was a, a viable solution to alcoholism, even though I heard you say that the percentage rate is so super low, because this is an incredible disease. It doesn't matter the quality of the solution. The disease is ordinary, and, it's, and you're identified as it. You know, I don't know anyone who has cancer that thinks they're cancer. I just don't. I don't see that, you know. They never cross that line. Cancer has a big meaning, but it doesn't have that big of a meaning that you're cancer, you know, which is what alcoholism produces. It produces, and if, and even prior to alcoholism, I think the primary addiction is self-centeredness, yeah? Mind is, is addicted to being a self. It can't be a self, but it can appear to be a self. Yeah, it really would love to be a self, but it can't accomplish that. It can only appear to be a self. That's the solution. Right? Yeah, if it could be a self, we'd be fucked. Yeah, you'd be. I mean, you'd be at a therapist right now instead of this meeting. <laughs> you know, you'd need help, a lot of help, <laughs> to sort of make do with this this very hostile mental condition, but it only appears to be, and that's the solution. So I would say the addiction to self, the, the addiction of being or becoming by appearance a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, by becoming in, in being implied or referred to or assumed, it can't really be. Yeah. That's why that's the solution. The solution is that what you're really believing isn't so, that you're not in self, therefore you don't have to spend a lot of time trying to get out of self. Because if you actually really have an experience of being out of self, one of the big, after a while or immediately, one of the big uh, downloads of that is there is no self to be in. That's how you had the experience of being out of it. <laughs> <laughs> because there is no self to be in. And when that dawns on you, then the mind can entertain really being free. Because now the idea of being bonded to that idea of being a something that you cannot possibly be is broken. And then what appears to be you appears to be you. Yeah? It appears to be you to what you are. There is not that there's not that leap into identification. You actually see how the identification is formulated and how it's produced and how it's reinforced and the glues and everything like that. You see it because you have the quality of being conscious. Yeah? You are aware. And so you can become very clearly aware of what you're not. Yeah. You can become aware of what you are, but you can never actually see what you are or get to embrace what you are because you're busy being what you are, which is awareness. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's a different whole, it's a different beast altogether. It's no thingness. So there's no way you can get to know it like you would a book or a chair or sitting on it or get to know another person by chatting with them. 
you're not going to get to know it because it's no thingness. But all that you know is from there. Yeah? You're always knowing everything from there. But you'll never be able to make it something that you know. You can't make, objectify it. You can't, like they, there's one teacher would say, what's conceiving cannot be conceived of. Yeah? So here's the mind conceiving all these ideas, but it can't conceive what's conceiving. Yeah? It can't, you know what I mean? It can't conceive the, what's conceiving. All you can do is get a sense of it through the conceiving what it may be. Yeah? You can, it can be intimated to mind. Yeah. yeah. So I found a huge shift when, like when I did this talk the other day, it was amazing some of the people that came up because in just a 20 minute presentation, they felt like their mind had fallen down a stair, this giant staircase. They just, they tumbled in and they were getting free samples in 20 minutes of just sitting there and enjoying this space and speaking from it and just, maybe giving a description of what we truly are not, their minds were getting it. Yeah. Now I said it would be probably a good idea to throw another log in the fire because you've just stuck a, like a stick in a wasp nest. Yeah? The claiming is going to be going buzzing and buzzing and buzzing and it's going to go all around it like little tentacles. I know, I knew, I knew, I knew. And so now, if you really feel this oomph, you know, make haste in a way, you know, put some more in to keep, get a little sense of, you know, that food instead of the advertiser, you know, the, the promise of food or the same old, same old menu. You better eat this new little thing available, yes? Because uh, if you notice selfing, its main movement is the claim, yes? That's what it does. The MY word is really important in, if you take a look at it in this whole description because it is the weight bearer. Yes? In traveling heavy or traveling light. MY, MY is the activation of the weight being distributed from quote unquote you over to whatever that is you claimed. Yeah. So thoughts are pretty alright. You know, they can do. They can be bothersome if they're similar all the time, but my thoughts are all the game. You know, my thoughts can actually seemingly drive a you crazy. Yeah, my thoughts. Thoughts don't drive you crazy, but my thoughts, yes, that can drive what a you crazy, yes? So you see the my, or let's say time, and then my time. My time has a lot different meaning than time, yeah? My time is something to protect and defend and use wisely, yes, and all this and all that. It becomes a whole other uh, can of worms when it's mine. And the same thing, we use the example all the time with relationships. You're having a great time with some lady or a guy, but then it becomes formalized by your proclaiming, my girlfriend. And then things change dramatically. Maybe suddenly at first, but there's a certain sense of entitlement that encroaches on their space. Like, you should know where they are, you know. They should be, and you know, if it's not so willingly forthcoming, I will take, you know, steps to find out. You know, tap your phone or drive around your neighborhood and see, you know what I mean? I mean, it gets pretty damn crazy. 
Yeah, but what happened? The situation changed as soon as the mind entered, yeah? Because the mind represents what they say in AA, old ideas, yeah? Old ideas don't mean they're from a different time. There isn't a different time than now. They're from a different mental little realm called past, yeah? They have a different flavor because they're old. They've been given, they've been given like meaning by stretching them out in time, yeah? But there is no past. There's, you can't fly to the past. This isn't, it's not like coming home from a vacation. Oh, look at all these past ideas I got. Look at these. I found a good deal, you know. Someone was throwing out their old ideas, I picked them up. Look at these. Yeah, yeah. No, they're just I thoughts now, but they have a historical feeling with more impact, yeah? So here, all the old ideas cross over like, like demonic minions over the bridge of my and then they add weight to whatever that is that you're in the position of being the subject to. Yes? As soon as life that's happening is parsed, parsed, you know, partitioned into subject-object, you have, so life is happening to you as the subject, that subject claiming opens up to all these meanings to be dumped into what you're running into. Yeah? So the meaning of the mind precedes your perception. It's like mind projects and then you perceive, the apparatus perceives, but the mind runs ahead of the perception quality of the body and gives meaning to things. Then when you see them or perceive them, you think that's the inherent quality of that thing. It's incredible. You actually believe it has that inherent meaning. Yeah? But it's the mind ran ahead, projected meaning onto it. Then you perceive it. And when you perceive it, you're caught in the ignorance of the, uh, the trance, let's say, yes? Because you perceive it as some solid thing outside of you, with you being a solid thing, yeah? And then the space, everything's happening and gets very unnoticed. And now all I'm keen on is things, yeah? Because I'm looking at, like, just like if they did evolution, it was a book where they talk, they made a little joke about evolution. They said, all right, let's say you were a jellyfish. And so for you, evolution stopped when the jellyfish appeared. Yeah? You would think you were the crown of creation, just like man thinks they're the crown of creation. But if you were a jellyfish, that would be the end of the ballgame. That's it. There's nothing beyond me. I'm a, that's it. I've reached the highest level of evol evolving jellyfish. Why? Because there was an identification of mind with the idea of being a jellyfish, yeah? So here we are thinking, we're the crown of creation. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, <laughs> you're living life as the subject, and everything appears to you as an object. That's called duality, that's called ignorance, yes? <laughs> and therefore, as I meet things, my mind runs ahead and gives it meaning, and then I open, it's almost like, oh, I just opened the envelope, let's see who won, and I get a meaning from you, thinking that it's actually issuing forth from you, but it actually has been tattooed on you as a thing by mind, yeah? And if there's ignorance to that, you're going to react accordingly, that thing, like the Courts of Miracles put it very beautifully, and said, you and I are the dreamer of the dream. I may have missed it, to paraphrase, but you and I are the dreamer of the dream. Yes? Here. This is a dream in a sense. We have forgot that we're the dreamer. 
and we've given everything we dreamt all the power to affect us. You know, this is called life here, isn't it? The mind has projected this, does, has forgotten it's the projector of it, now believes it's the perceiver of it. In the level of perceiving, it seems to be real. In the level of projection, it seems not to be real. Yeah? In the level of perception, if you're taking the, all your cues from your eyes and you think and you're seeing, you're going to be thinking there's a thing there, a live, animate thing, and there's a very strong feeling that you're different than it. Yeah? It's like here in this room, there's now, let's say, for, for the sake of my internet audience, there's 83 people here. Yeah? So here I am sitting here, and I'm looking. Yeah, there's an experience of seeing. Yeah? I'm looking, and I would call what I'm looking at you. Yeah? you. So I see a you, a you, a you, a you, a you, a you. And if it was inanimate, I'd say that, you know, chair, that, that, that. But let's keep it, you know, you, 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 you. And all right, now I ask you what your experience is. So you would go, I'm seeing you, 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 you. Yeah? Craig, he'd be going, I'm seeing you. Yeah? So from here, that's a you. From there, this is a you. Yes? And if I took a vote to every person I've ever seen, they would all say they saw a you. They saw you. This, yeah? That's a huge majority. Millions of yous have said they've seen a you. <laughs> yeah. But I believe this is me. <laughs> Against all evidence contrary. Because actually this I, the true subjectivity, is seeing a you. In every experience of I seeing, it's seeing a you. It's never seeing me. It can only see partially what I call me. But I'm actually, this I would say is in the, if it was a category of a car, this would be called a you. Let's say an older you. <laughs> but it would still be in the big milieu of you. Yeah? <laughs> because just like I see you as a body, I would be seeing me as a body. <laughs> What's the difference? I would say I'm more of a you than ever a me. <laughs> But the suffering comes from when I mistake a you to be me and forget the I that's seeing. Because now the I that's seeing is claimed by me. I think I'm what's seeing, yeah? But if I ask myself, who's this I that's seeing? I say it's me referring to a body. You see the whole leap there? So there's the I that's seeing. I sense it, obviously, you're conscious, and mind has the ability to reflect. So you're reflecting this activity called seeing or awareness, yeah? Or consciousness. And all right, that's clear as hell. Everyone feels they're on, right? You have, no matter how crazy it gets, you feel like you're on, at least, yeah? There's some, there's I am or a beingness, yeah? There's something going on. <clears throat> so there's no confusion there. The confusion comes from when we ask, which is the mind, the mental process, when we ask, the mental, mental process asks a question and gives its own answer. It goes, who's this I? Yeah? Well, it says it's me. So I, I'm saying, who's this I? Pointing nothing. The mind goes, who's this I? The mental process. And then, okay. And now it's waiting for an answer. But it doesn't wait for an answer. It gives itself an answer. It goes, it's me. 
So I refers to me. That's a big leap. The freedom is let I be I and let me be you. <laughs> let me be a you and let I be I and let never the two cross. <laughs> yeah? So let's not mistake I for me. <laughs> because me is just a you. And whatever can be perceived cannot perceive. An old saying by a great Zen master, I don't know how great he was, I liked him, Hoang Po. He, would, he said a very succinct little sentence. He says, whatever can be perceived, which is a you, this is being perceived, isn't it? By the eye there, yeah? So this, is, this right now is being perceived, and this is being perceived. So whatever can be perceived, yeah, cannot perceive. So in other words, what can be perceived can't be perceiving. Yes? It's not what's seen. It's what's being seen. Yeah? In this case, in this case, I can grieve very easily. In this case, yes, it's what's being seen, what's being seen, what's being seen. The confusion comes when here, when the same when the same event is cast in me, I think it's different. I go, no, this use a me. And there's only one me in this whole millions of views. There's only one me. And it's damn special. You better believe it. And you know what? All my interest and attention is going to revolve around this one me. It will touch you in a lot of different ways, hopefully to get something from you maybe for the me. But basically, it knows where its home is, which is in me. Revolving around planet Paul. Yes? All the while... <laughs> they're seeing going along at all times. And I don't mean just seeing visually, they're seeing, you're on. I would say what's on is seeing, yeah? There's an incessant seeing or onness that seems to have never started. You may tag it with the body once again and think it came to be because you're here, yeah? But there seems to be a sense that it doesn't stop in the back of the cheekbone, you know? It tends, when you close your eyes, it doesn't seem to be encased in this little body. It seems to have no boundaries in a way, yes? It doesn't, how can you package no thingness, yeah? It doesn't have any form. So how can you say it's this size? Size and form go together, yes? When you're dealing with formlessness, how can you put, what, are you going to find a pair of shoes that fits it, you know? I think it's a size 10 for SpaceX. Here we go. Nice little, nice little uh, slipper for you. Be comfortable with my old wondrous emptiness, you know? Now, there's no way you can package it into size because there's no form to it. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> form comes with size, yes? <laughs> there must be a form to have size, I'd imagine. Yeah. So, all right. I'm seeing. Well, like St. Francis says, what's looking is what you're looking for. I mean, I love these very succinct statements. You don't have to write an 800-page book. You could have that every page and then maybe a beautiful picture on the page. What's looking is what you're looking for. Okay. I'm going to skip ahead. The secret may be on page 300. What's looking is what you're looking for. I'm going to go back to the author page. What's looking anonymous. What's looking is what you're looking for. I'm going to go, wait, where are the footnotes? What's looking is what you're looking for. What the hell? I don't get it. Exactly. Because what's looking is what you're looking for. How can you find by looking what's looking? 
if it's you. But it isn't me, nor is it you. It's I. Yeah? I meaning subject. Yes? I am I. I. Let's say there's I, and then in beingness it's called I am. Yeah? In activity and manifestation, maybe you would call it I am. But if you drop the yam off, it's still I. Yeah? Subjectivity, awareness, what do you want to call it? Consciousness, mind. And it's not locatable because it's not a thing. And it's not of time. Yeah? Because there's, things appear in time. No thing doesn't need time to appear because it's not appearing. Yeah? It's always so at all times. It's not something that comes and goes. It's the context of all appearances. Without that context of mind, of timeless mind, there would be no appearances occurring. And how can you separate yourself from the context if the main quality of the context is being demonstrated every moment of your day? There's a seeing, isn't there? Something's flooding through the senses and are, is having a contact here. And it can't be what's being perceived, so it must be what's unperceivable, which means it's nothingness, yeah? I would say your true citizenry is from nothingness. <coughs> yeah, you're on a visa, like a work visa here in the body, but you're not of the body, or as Jesus attempted to say, to me, anybody, but reading it, you're in this world of form and time and all this, but you're not of this world of form and time. Yeah? You're formless and timeless, yet there's an appearance of form and time here that you're in, but you're not of it. Yeah? So this would be your, the key to that kingdom of form and time, the body. Yeah? So you're in form and time, you're in it, but you're not of it. Your nature is not of form and time. Your nature is of formlessness and timelessness. Yeah? And the only solution to any problem in time really is timelessness. That's what we're always looking for. We're looking for something that lasts, aren't we? People looking for satisfaction or fulfillment that doesn't need to be filled up again. It's just fulfilled. Yeah? They'd like to get to a point where, just like when I shot drugs, it would have been great if I finally hit a limit where, all right, the bell went off and I was satisfied. I no more shooting any more coke. You've done it. You filled, you filled that hole. It's completely filled. And it's never got to get a sense of being unfilled ever again. You hit it, bro. You hit the, you, you won. <laughs> Jesus, man, I'm happy I lived through it. I didn't know how I, my arm couldn't take any more shots. But hey, I did it. Now I, mean, I walk away from drugs and they would have, thank you, and I'd be satisfied. But no, it doesn't seem to work in time, does it? Have you ever noticed? I remember when I used to shoot coke, the rush was so great, but five minutes later it was followed by a huge gnawing to have to do another one. You know, you didn't even enjoy the rush after a while. You just back in, popping again. And it went on and on and on and on and on. And in a sense, it's terribly empty, not satisfying whatsoever. It's like a form of slavery. Yeah. But in this case, so seeing that a time solution can never bring about what you're truly looking for, which is a solution of timelessness, yeah? Something that's always available at all times. It's the only place that the Son of Man can rest its head, really. Because that's where there's peace. 
Yes? Because every moment of time is buoyed by timelessness. Yeah? Timelessness has to be in every moment of time or there would be no time. Timelessness, nothingness is the mother of appearances. Yes? So the appearance of time can only happen in timelessness. So like you get a sample of it and we call it recovery of pause, yeah, P-A-U-S-E, where I've noticed in my life, if I had a choice, and if let's say I had, I had six pauses to spend on my whole life, my whole life would have looked different if I would have had certain pauses in certain times, yeah? It would have had a huge effect on the time story of this action figure. Just six timeless pauses in spread in, let's say, a, a 59-year-old life, just let's say three, not even six, three, three, three pauses would have changed the whole timber and the, and the flow of that life. Just three pauses. Just like when I, had, when I got the solution in recovery, it was a, just a five-minute portal which has produced a 24-year solution. Always invigorating itself by entertaining, yes? Always invigorating itself by entertaining. Always invigorating itself by entertaining. That's so, you see what you're dealing with. Yeah? If there is a timeless solution, the sense of real relaxation occurs because it's reliable enough to relax in. Yeah? Because it's not bookended with, oh, it's, I'm not going to feel like this tomorrow. This is not based on feeling anymore. You're not going to your body as your compass. You're going to mind as your compass. It's different. Yes? Of course the body's not going to feel the same. It never feels the same if you're actually conscious. You, it never feels the same in four seconds of time. Yeah? It's constantly, it's a giant flux of activity going on. And it's more activity that's affecting it. Yeah? There's always everything here. All life is really a form of agitation. Yes? Just like chemical situations arise and they create a, a reaction, like an explosion, be it hormonal, hormonal, emotional, yes? All this way. We're just constantly, tension and conflict is producing effects, yes? There's no place to rest there. And selfing is just one aspect of that giant anxiety-based movement, yeah? How could you rest in anxiety? All you could do is hope that you would rest as anxiety, which is what mostly the mind presents to you. It presents five-year Stalinist plans of when you'll be really happy later, or if I just did this and did that, then I'd be okay. And it's always projecting arrival dates with a mythical sense of like a spiritual oasis you were going to find. Yet every time you arrive, don't you get on your camel once again and start hunting for the next oasis? There's very little rest available. Because how because time can shift like sand, yeah? So if I feel really great now, my head books ends it with the belief that, but I may not tomorrow. How can I really enjoy that feeling of being okay now if it's bookended by I may not tomorrow? I would have anxiety about that predicted event that would affect me when? Now. Because this, the anxiety is not going to affect me in the, in, the, in the time event in what's not happening. It affects you now while the mind's entertaining what's not happening. It becomes a very strong aspect of what seems to be happening now. Yeah? So you're worrying about next week 
is never going to match the day that you're worrying about. <laughs> By the time you get to next week, you'll be worrying about next week. <laughs> you're never going to be worrying about, I'm worrying about next Wednesday, next Wednesday, then you ride up Wednesday, then you start worrying about next Wednesday, don't you? It's always like a movement going, going on. How can there be peace in that? sense there. That's the peace that's always available at all times because whatever moment you could get quiet in would have the same quality of the last moment you ever were quiet in. And it has the same quality of what a future moment that you think you'll be quiet in. That sense of peace or stillness has not changed one iota through how many stories and how much supposed time has passed. That same sense of being awake and on when you were a kid is exactly the same sense of being awake and on now. The only thing that's different is who thinks it's awake. It was a different composite of a personality back then, and there may be a different composite of a personality as an older adult now, but the sense of the onness and the, the stillness of the peace is exactly the same, because timelessness reproduces itself every moment. Every moment, a timeless solution reproduces itself perfectly. Yeah? Because it hasn't eroded, it hasn't dropped back, it hasn't regressed. Yes? It's always available at all times because it's not of time. Yeah? And I know from any time I've dropped into whatever, it's the same, same you drop in. <laughs> it's not like, oh, this is the 2011 version. You may be claiming it as the 2011 version of Deb or Paul, putting a little bit of your little shtick on it, but the fact of it is pure and clean, and it hasn't eroded or changed one bit in time. Timelessness never tarnishes. It doesn't rust. It doesn't get like chrome that's been out near the salty ocean air. It doesn't erode, yes? It doesn't, it doesn't get dusty. There's no time for anything to build up on it, yes? There's no time for any sediment to cover it. There's no time that it can be covered over by a storm over hours because it's timelessness. It's pristine and pure just as it always is, was, and will be because it's not was or will be, it just is. And that is actualized right where you are. just have to know how to look, which is no way of looking and seeing. Yeah? Every form of looking, if it has any value, it should become obsolete and just produce a sense, not even produce, but have a falling into the relaxed awareness of what we are. Yeah? But maybe just entertain that's what you are and you won't have to go through eight different forms of looking. You know, to refine yourself so that you can entertain it. Maybe you have the capability of entertaining it right now. I have total faith in mind, and I know you do. Because you're not a you, you're mind. Yes? And mind can entertain its own nature. Just like it can entertain a foreign nature. You 
can, uh, it can entertain its own nature a lot easier than it is entertaining a foreign nature. This takes a lot of advertising, a lot of thousands of thoughts a day to keep it confused enough to believe and take itself to be a body. <laughs> I swear, if you had no thoughts today, there was no way in hell you'd think you were a body, especially if there was no mirrors around. You had fucking, you'd be clueless with all that. And that's the certainty, really. It's the I don't know is the real certainty. Yeah? I look different than I used to. You can't say that about space. <laughs> the space doesn't look any different than it used to. <laughs> because it's not of time. <laughs> Why not have a little of that drop in your life and influence your little action figure story? Why not? You have the ability to entertain it. Just like you attract all this other bullshit, you can attract that. You have the antenna, you have the receiver, yeah? you have the wattage. Yeah? All you, maybe all you need is an invitation. And now that's you know, like a spiritual subpoena. That's been administered. See what happens. Just like it happened with me. Someone administered this, meet, this message. I entertained it. And then it started to bear fruition. Yes? So started opening up things I thought were so closed and real and solid. Now, you know, all of the lids are off of all my little conceptual boxes. <laughs> like Jack in the Box, pouncing up people who I totally believe were totally solid and now fucked. You know, great masters are going to be total assholes. <laughs> you know, there have been so many disappointments in my conceptual boxing of this world. You know? <laughs> I know I can rely on that. No, maybe not. You know? <laughs> but I do know what I can rely on, which is what's seen. And that's happening all the time because it's not of time. Until this body ends and then it won't matter anyway. <laughs> There'll be no one to think it matters. Yeah? This whole mirage will have disappeared. But while it's seemingly present, it's a nice idea to entertain that because it will allow you to travel lighter. If you want to get on a selfish level, this is exactly what you're looking for. What's looking? This is the true help in this place, is to realize you don't need any help. That's the help. Yeah? Then you can pick up all the times you look like you need help, but there's no convincing that there's a you that needs help. Yes? That's the greatest help. Really, the greatest help to travel with. And then you're happening without your even knowledge of it. People I know are walking through calamities of unbelievable lengths and depths, and yet they're walking, stumbling and bumbling through it. And they may be trying to create a story about how they did it, but there has nothing to do with them. There's just mind, you know? Mind is like the, sh the light. It can outshine any circumstance and situation. Any circumstance and situation. If, what was, if time wasn't taken so seriously, then if you were really feeling great, you'd really be feeling great. Yeah? You'd have the ability to stay there while you were feeling great and really like, like chew it like a meal. You weren't, you weren't rushing to the next time to feel great or remembering the last time you felt great. There would just be, hey, when sometimes life sets up and produces a beautiful situation, it's really lovely when you can enjoy it. Yeah? 
I mean, when you can receive the whole invitation instead of rushing to the next idea. Yeah? Because I would imagine all that is meant to have that moment. Yeah? To open you up, isn't it? Supposedly, isn't that the story that the mind runs? If it was really good, I'd, I'd really stake a claim here. I'd rest, yes. But does it? No. See, people get enlightened, now they're on their third enlightenment in one life. There's just an incessant seeking going on. They can never stop. Always trying to improve, always trying to get better. There's nothing wrong with that, but why not say, hey, how can I get at this anything any better than this? Yeah? Timelessness doesn't varnish, it doesn't have a stain on it, it doesn't. That's beautiful. I took some time out and I've been rubbing timelessness into this incredible. Perfect reflection, like a diamond. No, it's already so. <laughs> I don't know, that's my humble invitation. Yeah. Life has a lot of things in store for you. Learning, maybe, teaching others, helping other people. I don't, whatever your little seat assignment is, this can only help but bring relaxation and light to it. Yeah. It doesn't have to be all of your life, because it is all of your life. That's why it doesn't have to be all your life in your little mental take. You don't have to surrender everything to it, just surrender the idea of being a self. Yeah? We're not even, and self isn't even a thing. You're not even being asked, you're not even being asked to surrender anything. You're, you're just being asked to surrender an addiction to an appearance. Yeah? Oh, wait a minute. Oh, no, let me see. But I kind of feel I'll be special sometime. <laughs> and I know I could be right. Even if I'm alone, I can sit there and be right about it. No, it's a tough deal. Let's see. Okay. All right. But I want to be able to take it back. No, 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 no. That's playing God fully. No. Okay, yeah. Oh, when your arms are free, you won't, cannot believe what you'll be embracing. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you, when I was out there running around, every second of every day, there was thoughts about that second. Every day. No matter what I was doing, no matter how much coke I shot, the thing kept going on, really. Maybe I'd have a rush, the physical rush would keep it shut up for like five minutes, but then it would be cooking. And then when the shit ran out, the next fucking day would be hell to pay. The head was like a ravenous fucking rat I had in a cage and hadn't fed it for like three weeks. <laughs> Just gnawing at every idea. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, how did that happen? That they sent me to school and I was flipped out. <laughs> the first day I walked in there, my head just thought about everything. Thought about everything. What does this mean? <laughs> everything had a huge meaning. It was such an incredible high level obsession with self, I had no idea that's what it was. You know? Because I had nothing to compare it with. I didn't, I don't have like a sample of your thinking. I have no fucking idea. This, I was saddled with this. My family, everything seemed to be unreliable. I better rely on something. I pledged allegiance to this, whatever. My attention and interest got wedded in this little fucking black mass. <laughs> got wedded, and then from then on, I've been trying to get out of it. <laughs> I'd do anything to get a little break from it. 
I mean, really, you'd have a feeling you'd just like someone, it would just dissect it and go over it. Like a, like a fish fillet. It's just flipping it on the, on the fire of fucking obsession, flipping it over. What does it mean if she wasn't mean? You just like her. Can't you just live with that? Can you just let a feeling cook up and then have, a, have, a, have like a, an expression? No, 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 no. I've got to watch over every fucking thing and read into the tea leaves of every little look and idea. Oh, man, it was really fucking painful way to go. Especially when I was a kid, I was free, seemingly. And then I grew into this little modality, and I made the pact with the devil. I really did. I couldn't get out, you know? And I became a devotee to drugs, and I was a great devotee to drugs. I'd match my devotion to drugs to any spiritual devotee that's ever been written about in the spiritual annals of the world. I match them with Hanuman, that monkey guy, everything. I gave everything away, everything away. I gave everything I could get my hands on of yours away. I gave every bit of, of goodness out of me away. I prostituted myself every day at that altar just for some drug. It was my security, it was my goddess, it was everything. Yeah. And I'm not joking. When I used to shoot up, my girlfriend would say to these people who come over, hey, this is Paul's religion, man. <laughs> Paul is just practicing like his Catholicism. <laughs> it was out there. And, uh, because I had no other relief. I tried spirituality. The only relief ever came, radical relief came when I finally entertained, I wasn't that. The mind dropped out of my holding all of those things like thoughts and feelings. They're not my feelings and they're not my thoughts. And then I could travel with them a whole lot differently after that. As soon as the mind and me as a subject was removed, or at least questioned sufficiently enough, it weakened, then all that stuff that seemed to have been driving me crazy, I realized it was this that was giving it the meaning. It was really this dreamer that forgot it was the dreamer and dreamt all these things and gave them the power to affect us. Yeah. I woke up in a way and then everything shifted and it stayed shifted for a while. Thank God and I get to see people who I am not going back into that hell. I see people every day because of my community. I'm near people I never would have thought would get loaded again, get loaded. I've been stunned, really, by a lot of situations, you know. But I have an immunity to it as of today. And I find that immunity is stabilized because I'm not that simple as that. I'm not, ad I'm not in an adversarial situation. I'm not in a conflict. I'm not shutting the door in the past nor doing this or re regretting it. Or none of that stuff. I'm placed in a position of neutrality and that place of neutrality is freedom. Yeah, freedom. And because I'm placed there, it's not my position, so I can't lose it. If it's your achievement, you may lose your achievement. As soon as the mind goes on it, the opposite can become so, yeah? But if it's not, you, it's not if it's just an achievement, it can last forever. Yeah. So, yeah, well,
questions today, eh? No.